Hello, welcome to Spiritual Warfare. My name is Teresa. And hi, my name's Kay. We will be reading from the book Made for This by Jenny Allen. Kay, we're going to talk about threads of passions today. What Bible verse are you going to read for us today? I'm going to read Ezekiel 36, 26. I will remove from your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Oh, that's so comforting. I remember when my heart was stone. I truly, truly do. So I can definitely relate to that. Go ahead and uh, start us out, Kay. Okay, here we go. William Wilberforce knew his passion. He resisted it, but this passion held him captive as a young man. Nearly at the same time that he became completely captivated by Jesus. He met God and wanted nothing more than to begin vocational ministry. He was convinced that this was the best way to serve God. But the passion that kept him up at night and had him pacing the floors and banging the tables was the unacceptable injustice of the slave trade in England. His minister, John Newton, a former slave trader, enlightened him about the horrors of slavery. William was haunted. God had given him a gift for communication, the empathy of one who had suffered, a position of influence through the House of Commons, and a deep, lifelong friendship with the Prime Minister of England. And he was faced with a need too awful to ignore. A dozen or more threads ordained by the hand of God were slowly assembling into a great calling. Finally, Wilberforce's friend convinced him that God could potentially use him most in the place of politician. He ran headfirst toward the thing that haunted him. It was painful, and most of his life was spent before there was any reform. But at some point, his passions turned into a calling. When that happens, the cost becomes do you see the need around you we often miss this as a main point of the story of joseph joseph but it is key what was god doing through joseph's decades of suffering decades of suffering that always blows my mind mine too yes how did he do it yeah yeah (laughs) You know, how um, did he do it for decades without complaining? Uh, we complain if we have to go through something for a month or a minute or a minute. Yeah, that's true. We like, oh my gosh. we like microwave service, Ooh, don't we? Uh, he was refining Joseph. Yes. He was restoring Joseph to his family. Yes. But ultimately God intended Joseph's life to save many lives. And by the end of Joseph's life, he told his brothers it was all worth it. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. We need to look at life like Joseph did because he knew God had a plan for him. But God came to him in a dream, gave Joseph a dream so he knew. But if God gave us a dream 20 years later, Kay, would you think that that dream was going to come to pass, you'd probably think, well, maybe I didn't dream that, or maybe, but Joseph never gave up. 
because he knew he heard from God. Every Christian knows that Christ gives us a foundational calling to live as Christ. Christ met needs and all our other passions serve only to lead us to the unique needs we can't meet. Wilberforce and Joseph weren't especially spectacular human beings. They just gave their lives to the problems of their generations. We could do that too. And together, as one body with many parts, we could see God move. The word passion originates in Latin, meaning to suffer. I did not know that. (laughs) Well, the world doesn't show it to us that way, right? When, when When the world presents passion, it's not even close to thinking the meaning. No, it no. isn't. Wow. The word was created by religious scholars in the 11th century to describe the willing suffering of Christ. The movie, The Passion of Christ. Yes. Oh, my. Haven't we flipped that definition on its head? That's, that's, that's where I was going. Passions have become nearly synonymous with pleasures and what excites us in modern culture. But consider that passion is originally defined as a moment of the deepest willing suffering of Christ for our good. This lifts the word from human desires to a monumental love willing to suffer. And Joseph was. When we find ourselves willing to choose suffering for a cause, that cause may hold our life's mission God often leads us to passions through suffering, experienced or perceived. As you considered your scars on this journey, hopefully passions began to arise out of your darkest moments. You long to give the world what you failed to receive. Passions are also born out of observing the suffering of others. William Wilberforce observed suffering, and as it haunted him, his passions followed with the great intensity that eventually led him to his calling. Joseph suffered great pain in his life, but his suffering gave him a sincere passion for reconciliation and human care. We don't naturally have passion for others. Naturally, we are dang selfish, (laughs) but when... We were bought with a price by Christ. We exchanged our hearts full of self-seeking passions for God's heart. And now we share his passions. God said through his prophet, I will cleanse you from all of your impurities and from all of your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. And that's from Ezekiel 36, 25 to 27. So that kind of completes the verse we started out with. Yes. With more meaning. Right. Our hearts are new and now what was cold is warm. And full of compassion, led and moved by his spirit. We were built for this. What begins as a burden and obligation becomes the thing that fills our restless souls. 
In the movie Amazing Grace, William Pitt's character races through a field with Wilberforce and says to him, Why is it you only feel the thorns in your feet when you stop running? When we run for God and for people, we forget for just a moment about ourselves, and it feels amazing. Nothing makes a soul sicker than too much time given to itself. It's like a five-year-old who you have to force to clean up the backyard. Every second of it seems to cause him physical anguish (laughs) until he finishes and looks up at you and says, I am a good cleaner. That was fun. We aren't ever happy when we're lazy and selfish. The things we often think may still our joy turn out to be the truest wells of joy that exist. Beautiful. Just because God loves us and wanted to make life more fun for us, he built us to love different things so we could meet different needs. So my daughter Kate loves art, and Carolyn would rather sing. My son Connor is smarter than most humans on earth, (laughs) and Coop may be the next Emmett Smith. And every one of them is permitted to pursue these passions for the glory of God and for the love of people. It's beautiful that your heart doesn't beat fast about the same things that make my heart beat fast. It's beautiful that your gifts are not the same as your mom's and your place is not the same as your best friend's. When we start to lay out our threads, it is unbelievable, breathtaking, really, to see how what felt average weeks ago starts to take on intricate beauty. Our untangling threads reveal God's sovereignty and attention to detail. Beautiful is the body of Christ, stretched and poured out into every crevice of this world, every city, every neighborhood, every office, every home. It's the unselfish passions of people displaying the love of their God in a million unique ways. Beautiful are all your your unique threads that cause you to beat the table or lie awake in bed, or to speak with explanation marks. Now, let's see what they are. What are some passions, Kay? What need do you see around you? When have you seen need that makes your heart race? Hmm. When you are mad about injustice, what is happening? When do you remember meeting a need and feeling very fulfilled? What do you think your main passions in life are currently? And what pursuits would change in your life if you knew you did not have long to live? You know, that question there is crazy. If you were told you had six months to live, what would your pursuits be? What would they be, Kay? What would you do with the last six months of your life? I don't know. I I don't know. That would just be a devastating... I would go on every mission trip I could. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. You would. And I would travel everywhere I could travel. (laughs) 
I, I would still mow the yard, but I would stop cleaning the house. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's not important anymore. That's true. I would wash my clothes and take a shower, okay? But I would probably run rampant to my friends and family. That would be mo- most important, the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it would. And just uh, paying attention to, to what's around you. Because you, you would still be giving. You know what I mean? And you would still help. Mm-hmm. Up until, and that's just a really cool gift that I think God that has given our whole group. Yeah. I mean, seriously, it's just awesome. So, Miss Kay, next week we're going to talk about feeding your passions. So, we appreciate you stopping by. Have a blessed week. Thank you. 